From beanies to carry bags and from shoes to caps, browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Freeman Report with James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Hello and welcome to the Freeman Report once again. My name is James Freeman. I'm a former member of the European Parliament and this is my weekday show where I break down the big issues of our time in our fight for freedom, liberty and justice. It is Friday the 5th of January 2024. Um, It is the first Friday of the year and I have to say I'm very much looking forward to this weekend as I'll be out for a proper ride on my new motorcycle um, for the first time. And not by myself either, because James the Northerner, um, I don't know whether James is listening today, but James is a regular on TNT. Um, He's regularly on the the chat here, um, the conversation chat um, at TNT. And um, so he'll be joining me on his Norton and we'll be buzzing around um, South Wales, around the mountains here. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, If you do live in South Wales or the south of England, Um, and you've got a motorbike and you fancy joining me one weekend, please get in touch via James Freeman at tntradio.live. Maybe we can even start up a TNT Freedom Biker movement. That would be something, wouldn't it? Anyway, back to today's show. Um, Sadly, Dr. Shiva has had to reschedule, which is a shame because I am looking forward to, to questioning him on why he was so critical of Steve Kirsch and his analysis of the leaked data on vaccines from New Zealand. However, he has rebooked um, um, onto the show for the 16th of January, so I'll look forward to that. But not to fret, because I've pulled together a crack of a, of a show today for you all. First up, we'll be discussing interest rates and the likelihood of them falling in the first half of this year, which will bring a lot of relief to many if this happens. I've got a fixed rate mortgage deal that comes up this year. And so, like lots of homeowners, I'm hoping that interest rates will fall. But it's not just homeowners that this will help. If you're renting, falling rates will mean it is far less likely that your landlord will raise the price of your rent this year. And if you're saving for your first home, falling rates are very welcome indeed. So to discuss the British economy, inflation and the prospect of falling rates in 2024, I'll be joined by Catherine McBride, who's been on the Freeman Report many times before. Catherine is an advisor to the UK government on trade and a prominent member of the Institute for Economic Affairs. And I'm delighted that she'll be joining me in just a moment to give us an update on the British economy. Second up today, I'll be joined by a politician that I have immense respect for. He was a colleague of mine in the um, European Parliament. He has a sharp mind and bags of integrity, which is a rare thing in politics these days. And while I'm sceptical of UK politics in general at the moment, that doesn't mean there aren't some good people that I hope will make it into the next parliament. The politician I'm talking about is Ben Habib, who's just announced that he'll be standing as a candidate in the upcoming Wellingborough by-election. Now, the seat is being contested after Conservative MP Peter Bone faced a recall petition following his suspension from the House of Commons for six weeks for breaching the Code of Conduct for MPs. 
An investigation by Parliament's behaviour watchdog, the independent expert panel, found that Mr Bone broke sexual misconduct rules by indecently exposing himself to a staff member during an overseas trip. I don't know why that makes me smile, because it shouldn't do. It's absolutely disgraceful behaviour by our MPs. Um, Bone has also got um, five allegations have been upheld against him that include bullying, verbally belittling, um, physically striking and throwing things at a staff member. Absolutely disgraceful behaviour. Um, but then nothing surprises me about our politicians these days. Anyway, I'm delighted that Ben has agreed to discuss his campaign in the by-election and also his vision of how he thinks the country should be run. In particular, I agree with Ben on his economic policies, which are very much geared up around small government and economic growth, two things that we definitely need um, at the moment in the UK. Then after Ben, I'll be welcoming Izumi Kamijo um, to the Freeman Report for the first time. Izumi is a Japanese scientist and a member of the World Council for Health Country Council in Japan. Now, I contacted Izumi earlier this week following the earthquakes and tsunamis that we've seen in Japan. And it seems that Izumi has an interesting perspective on the quakes. Um, as after studying seismic activity data, he claims that the earthquakes were man-made. Now, I've got no idea whether that's a possibility or not, um, but Izumi has done a lot of digging around. He's done some analysis of the data, and he claims that that is what has happened. Um, another story that I'll be picking up um, next week, um, again, is the story that I covered before Christmas regarding Father of Free Craig, um, who was involved in a serious car accident last year. Craig was in a coma for around a month and sustained terrible injuries all over his body, including brain damage. Now, if you remember, Craig has made huge progress since his accident. I think it was last April. He's not dependent on any machines um, to live at the moment, and he can interact with his family. He, can he can't talk yet, but it's clear from the videos that you see with his family um, that he is interacting, he's enjoying um, interacting with his family. However, doctors do not think it's in Craig's best interest to live and so want to remove food and water from him and put him on an end-of-life care pathway that would essentially kill him within a week, condemning him to death by starvation and dehydration. The family are fighting this, though, and are holding a fundraising walk tomorrow here in Wales. So I'll be attending the walk and capturing some footage that I hope we'll, I'll be able to share with you on the show next week. Now, I've spent a fair bit of time with the family now, and I'm confident that they will win this battle with Craig's doctors. But we can't be complacent, which is why I'll be covering this case as things progress um, so that we can raise awareness of this case um, with the British public. Now, nothing surprises me these days, but I still find some of these cases absolutely shocking. Craig has demonstrated his desire to live by making it through all of these injuries and getting this far. His family want him to live, including his three children and two sisters and his mum. So why would doctors think it's appropriate to take his life? Um, very, very distressing indeed. 
If you want to get in touch about the show, about any guests, about topics or whatever, or maybe you want to come out for a ride with me on my motorbike, then please email me at jamesfreeman at tntradio.live. And if you want to join in the conversation, as always, get yourself over to tntradio.live and click on the chat icon. My name is James Freeman, and this is the Freeman Report for today's news talk, TNT. The facts, no spin or agenda. Not enough with the lies, we need the facts. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Right, well, we haven't got Gemma today. Gemma is um, in Glastonbury doing a course today, so she's having a well-earned day off. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me, I'm still not 100% after my illness over Christmas. Um, But I'm delighted um, today to be welcoming back to the Freeman Report, Catherine McBride, who is um, an eminent um, um, economist. She does advise the UK government on trade, and she's also a member of the EIEA um, group of economists. Um, Hello, Catherine. How are you doing? Hi, James. Happy New Year. Yeah, happy new year to you, Catherine. We'll have to get you on more regularly, I think. It's been a while since you've been on. Um, And of course, you know, I think we were discussing on the phone this morning, um, the economy is going to be a big thing in 2024, I think, both in the US and in the UK. We've obviously got some big elections going on as well, which could have some serious impacts um, on the economy. So we'll have to get you back on, um, I think, regularly again, Catherine. Now, um, let's let's dive straight in, Catherine. What is going on with the British economy at the moment? And um, I guess the important question that I want an answer to, because I've got a fixed rate mortgage, which comes up um, in a couple of months, is do you think interest rates will fall this year? Yes, I do, actually. Even though the Bank of England and the OBR have been um, saying that they won't be cutting interest rates this year, I don't think that that's what we're seeing right now in the figures. Obviously, the short-term gilts, the two-year to five-year gilts, are down to as low as 3% on the yield curve, even though the Bank of England's short-term rates, um, money market rates, are 5.25%. So, there's a very big drop off in the yield curve and um, that is showing that the, the money markets and the, the traders are all expecting rates to be cut probably in the first half of this year. Um, there are one or two caveats with that because the UK economy is just motoring along. We're not growing, but we're not um, uh, falling either. We're just sort of sitting on that zero line. But a couple of big companies have had quite good sales over the Christmas period. They had terrible sales. Our our retail sales figures were very bad for the third quarter, but it's looking like the fourth quarter for last year will be quite stronger. So I think that the rates will be cut because we'll need to keep in line with the US. US rates are Mm. going to be cut for a lot of reasons. Uh, They, of course increase very quickly and with very big jumps. And now they've got to a situation where some small banks are actually um, risking going um, into bankruptcy. So that they, because they have mortgages on 30 years, it's also decimating their housing starts and their whole housing industry. Because when rates start going up, people just completely stop buying. Because we've had shorter-term fixed rates, which are a great invention and certainly weren't around when I bought my first house, 
but those um, allow our house building industry to kind of keep chugging along so that they, they keep building and people will be waiting, I think, to get new deals. But we saw yesterday and the day before, two banks have already cut their two-year fixed deals to below 4%. So it's really they are anticipating rates coming down and um, they'll be hedging that in the markets. But it's it's uh, it's looking, I think, I, I don't want to say positive, but I think things are going to gradually get better, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, Catherine, I mean, I do agree with you there that um, I think that the US are going to cut rates and the UK will have to follow suit. I mean, look, I get paid in dollars. And so I notice very, very quickly if um, yeah. if the dollar is falling against the pound, which it has been doing recently, because I end up getting paid less. Um, poor me. Um, but um, but yeah, uh, of course, you know, so we are seeing the pound is being strengthened against the dollar um, quite recently. Yeah. And of course, if the US cut rates and the UK doesn't, <coughs> excuse me, we will see, um, obviously, the pound strengthen against the dollar, which will be bad for inflation. So I think the bank will be forced to do that. But I wonder if I could get your comment, um, Catherine, on, um, you know, the bubble which I think has um, been created in lots of asset classes, whether that's you know shares um, and 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 the likes, uh, but also in the property markets as well. We seem to be having um, a huge, great bubble in pretty much every asset class in the US and the UK at the moment. Which, you know, um, those of us who know that can't go on forever, and so I'm expecting that to burst that bubble at some point this year um is first of all i guess would you know do you agree with that and what do you think the impact will be on the economy if that happens well in the us it's quite interesting because of the way the housing market works i mean they have two property sections commercial property and housing and there was a lot of new building started about three or four years ago before COVID that is now being finished and coming online. But it's coming online at a time when more and more people are working from home so that people don't actually want to live in the cities anymore. They can live out in cheaper places and, and don't need to commute to work. And so that's also hitting commercial buildings. So for the first time ever, rents are beginning to come down in New York because there's a whole lot of new buildings that are coming online that no one wants to buy or live in. And a lot of commercial real estate just can't find tenants. Some of this has to do with the um, political situation that's happening in the US. You're probably mm -hmm. aware of the, the terrible things that are happening in San Francisco and with the homeless crisis yeah. and people living yeah. and people shoplifting so that a lot of the big retail um, outlets and, and malls can't find people to, to rent the space because no one wants to have a shop there because you can't do anything about shoplifting. So um, there is that type of commercial property is also floundering. So you will find that the... Um, those prices come down. I was surprised to see of the five major cities in the US, their office um, occupancy rate is only about 50% of where it was before COVID. So people are just not coming right. back to the office. You know, it's, it's, well, I mean, look at what we're doing right now, where everyone can do pretty much anything over the internet, over Zoom or Teams. And, you know, we, we, 
it took COVID to teach everyone that they don't need to go to the office. So now that's not going to be great for a lot of real estate, um, possibly good for people building houses in the suburbs. <laughs> you know, there'll be, there'll be a new bubble, James. The, the sort of yeah. expensive Manhattan real estate will go down and the nice house with a garden somewhere um, out of town will probably start going up. So it'll just move. Yeah. And, and what do you think, um, um, before you go, Catherine, just quickly, yeah. what do you think about, because obviously you know, we know the Biden administration have got this um, inflationary package deal, which they're putting through at the moment. Um, but also, you know, we've got the BRICS nations now, which are um, have all agreed to start trading in currencies other than the dollar. Um, there are many of us, um, and I've, you know, this has been um, on my mind for some time now, that think that um, the dollar is going to be in trouble at some point. Don't know how soon, whether it's this year or next year, but we are going to start seeing um, potentially hyperinflation with the dollar because of these um, these things. What's your thought um, quickly before you go, Catherine? I'm, I'm not convinced by that. Um, I can see a lot of reason for it happening, but so much of the way commodities are priced has been happening in dollars for years. All the major markets are all based in the US for all commodities. So everyone is kind of used to using the US dollar. And the US is still the largest importer by quite a long way. You know, China doesn't mm. import as much as the US. So if the US is still the main purchasing power in the world, then they'll call the shots. But the whole Bidenomics thing is quite worrying. I heard today that they are going to um, be increasing the money supply, their Green Deal, will add about $20 trillion to the US money supply, which is just incredible to think about. Um, now, obviously, that's not all happening in one go, but that can only decay the value of the currency. And that is one yeah. of the reasons why we have lower inflation in the UK and the US inflation is coming down because their money supply has been coming down. Not massively when you see how much it went up basically since 2007, it's been going up. But it is at least now going in the right direction. Um, and that's also happening in the UK. And that's a lot of the reason why inflation is coming down. There are one yeah. or two other issues. You know, we could get on with what's happening in the Red Sea. The Houthi rebels are going to force a lot of, of, of ships to go around Africa. And that's always a danger. But for the UK, most of our food doesn't come that way comes from Morocco, yeah. Egypt, South Africa, Caribbean, Canada, Mexico, you know, all these countries that we've now got trade agreements with, as well as the EU. So we're, we're not actually as hit by that as some people in the press are making out. Fantastic. But, well, um, um, fantastic analysis there, Catherine. Um, you know, I quite often think I know what's going on and then I get you on and um, and you put me in my place. But um, thank you so much for that, Catherine. And we'll have to get you back on um, to talk about some of the other things we've just touched on there in a bit more detail. So thank you very yeah. much, ladies and gentlemen, Catherine McBride. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, James. Right. Okay. We're going to take a quick break now. And when we come back, I will have Ben Habib, um, my old colleague from the European Parliament, um, on the line with me. So stay tuned with me, James Freeman, on today's News Talk TNT. TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. 13 Israeli hostages released uh, as part of that ceasefire deal uh, 49 days after they were taken hostage. 
49 days. So that still leaves about 225 to 227 more hostages. Uh, I'm with John Bolton, the former national security advisor to Donald Trump. I'm with Britt Hume of, uh, of Fox News. I'm with a bunch of other people who say this gives Hamas too much time to do whatever they want to do, to do whatever they need to do, to regroup, to rearm, to re-strategize. And as much as you want the hostages back, it can't be at the expense of the other part of the mission, which is to destroy Hamas. So I think it's a mistake. Steve Malzberg on TNT Radio. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk Today's News Talk Radio. I do a lot of streaming radio. I do a lot of free streaming. TNTradio.live Right, welcome back. Um, Okay, Um, so I'm absolutely delighted. Um, My next guest is Ben Habib. He is my old um, colleague from the Brexit Party in the European Parliament. Hello, Ben. How are you doing? Uh, Hi, James. A real pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. Um, And... um, we're going to, obviously today we're going to talk about your campaign and also the policies which you um, are pushing as part of the Reform UK Party. Um, I've got to say that I do agree with a lot of the economic policies. It's all about low tax and small government. But we'll cover that in a moment because I've got one question for you, which I think the yeah. British public want to know. Um, obviously, we're going to have a general election this year. And I think everybody's looking at the Reform Party. You're hovering around about 10 percent at the moment, which you know, um, obviously it past iterations of the party, the Brexit party, and also UKIP, we've been here before in this place and the party didn't get any MPs. Um, but there is a lot of chatter that there is a possibility of getting MPs, but, um, you know, like the Telegraph and other newspapers are kind of saying, but only if Nigel Farage comes back and stands for the party. Um, have you got anything that you can share with us on that, Ben? Well, all I would say is that in the last three years, reform has gone from polling at about 2% um, to 10%, entirely without any of Nigel's, um, you know, active support. And um, in the last three months, we've doubled in the polls, last three or four months. We were standing at around 5% when we fought the Tamworth and Mid Bedfordshire by elections. And now we're consistently polling at nine to eleven percent. And I I think the mood is very much against um, the Conservative Party. No one trusts Labour. If you look at what happened in the last by-elections, Labour's vote didn't go up. It's just that the typical Tory voter stayed at home and they got it by default because Reform UK took five percent or whatever it was of the vote just enough. The margin of victory for Labour was just um, below the number of votes Reform UK took. So we've already dealt major blows to the Conservative Party, and we're already polling high enough to deal those blows. Now we need to get seats. And since those two by-elections, we've doubled in the polls. I think small C Conservative voters across the country, including people who typically vote for the Labour Party, because lots of small C Conservatives vote for the Labour Party. 
you know, people who are proud of the country want national interest to be put first and so on. Anti-immigration, you know, the kind of rampant immigration that we've had. Um, They, you know, they used to vote Labour. They will be very shy of the Conservative Party, but they may well vote Reform UK. And so I think that what we're seeing, with or without Nigel, what we're seeing is a massive shift towards what I think, and, 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 and you indicated, are sensible policies for the United Kingdom to adopt. And it'd be great to have Nigel back, but we're going to have this fight for uh, electoral success with or without Nigel. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, you know, he's um, he's been put forward by the media this year. He's been in the jungle in Australia. Um, and, you know, he also went to the Conservative um, a, a Party conference as well. And he was very, very yeah. um, welcome there. And he got a lot of attention. Um, so um, you've given us the politicians. And I know you can't say anything. Better, no, 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 no. I've given but... you the honest, frank answer. That's what I've given you, Jane. That yeah. is my honest answer. I mean, I think, you know, I love the fact that everyone loves Nigel. Great. And Nigel's a great guy. But, you know, political movements shouldn't be centered on one man. They become extremely yeah. dangerous and uh, unstable if it's all about one man. What 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 I would much prefer is that there's a sea change of attitude in the country. People realizing that they can't trust the Conservatives, that they can't trust Labour, and they vote for us because we've got the right policies and we've got the right people, not not the right individual. And yeah, I'd love to have Nigel on board, but there are lots and lots of good people in the United Kingdom. And, you know, we've got to create a movement. And the only way for that to be sustainable is if it's broadly based. Yeah, no, I do agree with you there. And Ben, you know, I think I've heard a lot of people talking over the past few days um, that actually, you know, people are aware of, of, I think, of Reform UK, particularly recently. You've been in the newspapers, whether it's The Telegraph um, and, um, you know, lots of the newspapers, um, a lot of chatter about Reform UK recently. Um, but a lot of people don't actually know your policies. Um, and when I think when they do actually look at the policies, um, particularly at the moment, when we've got the highest taxes in a generation, I think they're pleasantly surprised. So, Ben, we're going to take a quick break for the news headlines now. And when we come back, I'd like to talk about your campaign in the Wellingborough by-election upcoming, um, but also some of the policies that Reform UK um, want to put in place if they can get into government. Um, So stay tuned with me, James Freeman on TNT. Now, I've got got good news and and bad news. TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. King Charles has been told to cut all ties with his brother Prince Andrew after previously sealed court documents relating to the Jeffrey Epstein case were released in the US detailing allegations of rape and sexual assault. A Disney worker who alleges she was raped by a top executive claims the Mouse House covered up the alleged pattern of sexual abuse. And Israel's National Security Minister says his country will not be taking any orders from the US. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 
365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Right, now Ben, as I said in the introduction, I've got bags of time for you. Um, I do think you've got loads of integrity, um, which is a rare thing in politics these days. But you, you've you put yourself forward you. um, for this upcoming by-election um, that's coming up now. Tell us what your offering is to the people of Wellingborough. So the, the people of Wellingborough are very similar to obviously people right around the country, with the exception of perhaps some very rich boroughs in central London and other places. But that virtually the entire country, including boroughs on the periphery of London, have suffered greatly under 25 years of what I would call progressive socialism. And the country has effectively turned its back on British citizens to fill the labour market. We've got a broken labour force with 6 million people. That's 20% of our, our, work, our, our workforce on universal credit to a greater or less extent. Um, it's taxed the British workers to the hilt, um, you know, the working class and the middle class, where the burden of taxes fall, are paying ever increasing taxes because thresholds haven't been increased. They've been dragged into higher tax rates or into the tax net. Uh, and they've promoted um, immigrate, immigrants. Well, I've got nothing against immigrants per se, but the rampant form of immigration that we've had allowing immigrants to come in 20% below the median wage in the United Kingdom, undercutting our workforce, making us uncompetitive, um, prohibiting any incentive for companies to automate, to upskills, um, you know, effectively inculcating a third world economic model um, in the United Kingdom fueled by rampant immigration and then taxing the British people to the hilt. And I haven't even touched on, you know, the taxes that are being levied on businesses, small businesses, IR35, which again prohibits sole trader activity, business rates, which have also gone up dramatically for any business that operates in a physical, you know, shop um, or office. So all of these tax increases, the regulatory burden um, and the combination of this rampant immigration has served to break the British economy. And what we are going to do at Reform UK is reverse all of that. So we're going to cut back legal immigration dramatically by increasing the minimum wage required to get a work visa. We'll remove the possibility of dependents coming with people who wish to work. We will cut taxes on the working and middle classes, particularly where our signature economic tax policy is increasing the threshold at which people pay tax mm. from £12,500 per annum to £20,000 per annum. That, by the way, will take millions and millions of people out of the tax net. And if it pays to work, people will work. And if they work, then they, they stop taking benefits and that reduces the burden on the state and they start earning and start paying tax to the state. It's a it's a win-win for the country as well as for the people, you, you know, for the, for the labor force. And um, so it absolutely beggars belief why the conservatives who apparently should understand this kind of economic theory, you know, haven't done it themselves. But that's very roughly in, you know, two seconds, 
what we aim to do for the British economy. Yeah, and of course, um, Ben, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Um, the, the lot that are in Parliament at the moment and in government, they're not Conservatives. That's that's what the problem no, is. That's um, the issue. Now, Ben, one of the other problems that we've seen um, for um, particularly the middle classes is this fiscal drag, whereby yeah. um, you know the the Chancellor has, has frozen all of the tax rates, so more people coming into the higher rates of tax, which, to be honest yeah. with you, these days... That, that threshold where it's sat, given all the inflation that we've had, isn't actually a very high wage. It's kind of becoming more towards oh, um, getting closer. To, yeah. What what yeah, what absolutely. does Reform UK think of that? And what have you got any policies on that? Completely. I mean, co completely agree with you. So uh, as I say, so our signature tax policy is to increase the threshold at which you pay tax from £12,500 per annum to £20,000 per annum. At the moment... Um, it's forecast because that threshold has been frozen at that level until 2028. It's forecast to drag another 4 million people into the tax net. The median wage in this country is 33 uh, odd thousand pounds per annum. Um, if you take the, the uh, threshold at which people pay the basic rate of tax up from 12 and a half thousand to 20,000 pounds per annum, you will take millions and millions and millions of people out of the tax net. And that will incentivize them to work. That is critical. One of the first things Margaret Thatcher did when she got to office, in fact, the first thing she did before she controlled inflation was to cut income tax. And she didn't do that because she was trying to boost the economy. She did that because she knew she had to get the, the workforce working. And once the workforce is working, you get into a virtuous circle. We're, we're, we're in a downward spiral. We need to reverse that spiral. And the same applies to the higher rate tax rate of 40%. People, that used to be the higher rate tax rate for people who are very wealthy. That is now catching the vast majority of the population. And, you know, yeah. that's an unsustainable position for the country to be in. Now, another um, policy which I fully support, Ben, is a smaller government. How does Reform UK, um, presumably you've got a policy on this, how do you think you'll go about, how will you actually go about doing that, creating that smaller government? Yeah, so the, the cost of government is vast. The civil service um, was at about 491,000 people when the uh, Conservatives took office. It's now at 590-odd thousand. Rhys Mogg said three three years ago, to, I think three years ago, when Boris Johnson was first in, uh, first elected, that they would cull a hundred thousand, not simply by not recruiting. I think we would have to be much more robust than that. Um, so, for a start, you've got to get the state out of our lives and reduce the need for state employees. It's too easy for the state to give the impression of economic um, growth and. In full employment by ever increasing sums of money spent on employing people directly. So we've got to get away from the civil service being, you know, a massive employer of people. And we would just cut back departments, cut back regulations. If you cut back regulations, you need less people to supervise, implement and oversee them. Um, one of our other signature deregulatory um, uh, policies is to get rid of this inexorable drive towards net zero, which I call economic emasculation. Yes. You know, the punishment 
of our economy in the pursuit of an ideology that I don't even need to get into the debate about whether man-made climate change is destroying the planet or not. We produce less than 1% of global carbon emissions um, following the, this government's policies, which, by the way, largely uh, deals with net zero by sending British pounds over to China to build you know, wind turbines that themselves have been created using power generated from coal-fired power stations. Are, are you with yeah. me? I mean, the whole thing is idiotic. So we need to get rid of um, the regulatory burden. We need to cut back the need for government. If you cut back the need for government, you can cut back the number of people employed by government. Fantastic. This is music to my ears. Now, very quickly, um, Ben, we've got about a minute left. Um, obviously, you've talked about legal migration and getting that down because, you know, we're talking there. I think it was nearly three quarters of a million people um, in net. the year to July that have come and, and settled net migration. Um, but of course, we've got the the boats as well. Um, can yeah. you please just tell me in under a minute how Reform UK planned to stop the boats? Yeah. So you don't stop the boats by spending £50,000 per annum on every individual that comes across the channel, whereas the French spend £5,000. You've got to cut back dramatically on the largesse that we spend on them, number one. You cannot create a deterrent if you create the economic environment to incentivize people to cross the channel. So stop all this four-star hotel stuff nonsense. Second point, you cannot deal with the boats through deportation. Deportation is what you do when border control has failed. We need border control. And under international law, we are entitled to stop the boats in our territorial waters as they, try, as they seek to enter our territorial waters and send them back to France. We need a physical response. And, when, and if people retort by saying, yeah, but people might get hurt, they may, be, you know, they, they may willfully jump off their dinghies into the sea. I say, well, that's a consequence of their own free decision to leave yeah. France, which is a safe country, to pay thousands of pounds to illegal law criminals, people smugglers, get on a dinghy and put themselves in harm's way. We can't infantilize people who would break our laws to enter the country. If they seek to do it, they must face border control. And border control will give them every opportunity peaceably to turn around and go back to France. And if they don't turn around, they will be dealt with with force, push their boats back. Absolutely. Brilliant. Ben, Habib, um, music to my ears, all of those policies. I wish you all the best in the Wellingborough um, by-election coming up. And Ben, <laughs> excuse me, um, we'll have to get you back on soon as well to tell us how the campaign's going. And of course, we'll have a general Thank election you, this year. So all the best to you, Ben, Habib, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Right. Okay. Um, show's not over yet. I've got another guest for you. Um, I've got um, Izumi um, Kamijo um, from Japan will be joining us. He is a scientist. Um, and so he's going to tell us um, the impact of the earthquake on the Japanese this week. Um, so you're giving us update on that. But he's also a scientist. And um, Izumi has collated some data, which he thinks proves that the earthquakes were man made so i'm really looking forward to hearing all about that in a second um with me james freeman on tnt i didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go i didn't think i'd survive but i did ask for help and covenant house was there for me 
One in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Are you ready to help your family get prepared for the unexpected? Here we go! Ladybug and Cat Noir know how important it is to be ready because you never know when Hawk Moth is going to strike or a disaster will hit. And you don't need miraculous powers. Just put those planning skills you already have to good use. Make a plan that will help you and your family be ready when emergencies happen. Ready Kids can help. Get started at ready.gov kids. This is the Freeman Report with James Freeman on today's News Talk TNT Radio. This certainly is the Freeman Report, and I am James Freeman. And, um, you know, we've all watched um, the screens this week um, and seen the earthquakes which have happened in Japan and the, the, the resulting tsunamis. So I'm absolutely delighted that Izumi Kamijo um, is on the line now with me to talk all about that to give us an update, but also he's got a really interesting um, claim that he's made based upon data that he's collated, which he claims shows that the earthquakes were actually man-made. So we're going to cover that as well. Um, hello, um, Izumi, how are you doing? Hello, uh, thank you. I'm fine. Um, right, Izumi, um, obviously you're also, um, I, I, I didn't, I said in my introduction, but I didn't say there, you're also a member of the Country Council for Japan for the World Council for Health. Um, so fantastic. Yes, that's correct. Uh, we have a new uh, Country Council for the WHA in Japan since this uh, September. Since September. Brilliant. And I've, I had um, Dr. Tess Laurie on the show yesterday and she was talking um, about all of these country councils that that, that, that um, the WCH is setting up. So it's fantastic to have you on um, the day after Tess. Right. Izumi, um, tell us about the earthquakes this week in terms of the impact that it's had. We heard stories about the, the Japanese government telling people to flee to the hills. Um, give, give us an update on, on what the situation is now. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, actually we have um, around 100 people uh, dying and uh, more than 200 people missing, still missing. And uh, some remote communities are cut off from the other parts of the uh, uh, country and uh, uh, due to the landslide, they are, uh, the, the access is not possible only by helicopters via airway. And yeah, that's uh, the situation. And uh, um, it was really, uh, really a shock for us that uh, on the 1st of uh, January, it's a kind of national holiday, very important one, uh, struck us uh, with this kind of uh, earthquake. 
Now, obviously, Japan had a very, very large um, earthquake. I think it was around a decade ago with the tsunami and lots of people. I think it was as high as 20,000 people lost their lives. Um, Japan obviously is used to earthquakes. I've been to Tokyo myself. And if you stay in any hotel there, the first thing you'll see when you go up in the elevator is the instructions on what to do if there is an earthquake. Um, how have Japan's... Um, earthquake measures held up this time the warning systems and also the walls that are put in place to stop the tsunamis hmm. how have they held up for this 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 earthquake actually we have um, <clears throat> around uh, 100 uh, measuring stations uh, um, re recording this this earthquake on the north northern south part of the uh, coast of the japan and uh, so it's very densely situated these kind of uh, uh, measuring stations and every uh, station measures the uh, exactly the wave coming in yeah and have have the walls held up this time or have uh, the, you seen the uh, for the tsunami that? you mean for the yeah, tsunami, the tsunamis, yeah. Uh, yes actually uh, more or less yes okay uh, but there are some uh, damages from tsunami uh, in certain villages, fishermen's villages, and it was a kind of triple uh, disaster. Uh, one is tsunami, uh, earthquake, then tsunami, and also fire. Um, yeah, yeah, caused by this uh, earthquake. And um, although every of every life obviously lost um, and people missing is an absolute tragedy, but obviously this, you know, um, I think the if you can call it a positive thing um at the moment like you said um the figures in terms of the number of dead 100 and 200 missing is obviously a lot less than what we saw in the last big earthquake so that's i guess yes. a positive um mm. what about the nuclear power stations because japan obviously the ikushima um power station was a big story of the the last um, earthquakes and tsunami mm -hmm. um but japan has still got a number of nuclear power stations along the coast um are yes. there any problems reported at all this time around uh actually um many of the uh, power, nuclear power plants are shut shut off uh still from uh since this uh, uh fukushima's disaster and uh, i think only few are uh, working now actually on on the uh producing uh, electricity and uh, also the uh, dense uh, uh the density of the uh, nuclear plant uh, at the site of the uh, earthquake is not that high and these are not uh, uh, activated right now so therefore it was uh, a kind of lucky that we have uh, no uh, nuclear disaster now yeah absolutely because of course mm -hmm. we're still seeing the fallout from that there was a i think the japanese government are releasing some of the radioactive water which has caused um, a few problems i know with your neighbors internationally um yes right izumi Let's talk about this data that you pulled together, mm -hmm. um, which you believe shows that the earthquakes were man-made. Tell us about yeah. that data. So actually, we have a good team of tech uh, analyzing and uh, data analyzing specialists. And uh, <clears throat> we have um, we have uh, had uh, uh, this time three types of, of three succeeding uh, earthquakes uh one is uh at uh, 
first of January 1606. The second was uh, then 1610, around 1610, and then 1620. So these are the three succeeding earthquakes. And uh, usually you have a <clears throat> um, kind of a, a horizontal wave coming in first, then the uh, vertical wave, which is more stronger. And for the first one, uh, there is no uh, so-called P wave. This is the horizontal uh, wave or sh shaking. Uh, it's just like um, uh, uh, like an explosion. It's a sudden right. onset of peak. And uh, then, if you compare the other ones, they have uh, they have this kind of uh, P waves. So this uh, mm, the first quake or uh, first uh, uh, wave is a kind of a explosion. It looks like an explosion, mm. and also there is a uh, <clears throat> so uh, some uh, data that uh, there is um, how do you call it uh, the ionosphere uh, is. Uh, there's an ab abnormality of the uh, ionosphere. Uh, that is uh, the density or the uh, the electron density in the ionosphere sphere is changing has has been changed drastically at the point of the uh, at the moment of the first wave. Uh, that means it's about 1606, and it's recorded by the Japanese. Uh, 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 Institute for, uh, I, I have to look at it. <laughs> the name is called, just a moment. Um, yeah, don't, don't worry about the name, ah, Izumi. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's a kind of official, uh, yeah, official, uh, uh, Institute for recording the, um, uh, the situation of the, uh, ionosphere and radio, uh, uh yeah, transmitting so situation. So basically what you're saying is um, um, that um, if this looks like more like an explosion and it doesn't look like what a natural um, the earthquake would, the, the behavior of a natural earthquake right. would normally look like. What do you think then? I mean, if that's kind of just, um, let's speculate for a little while. Mm -hmm. If if we were to try and create an earthquake like this and um, via man-made means, how would we go mm -hmm. about it? What do you think could have caused this? So um, there is a, uh, so there must be a crack in the, on the, on the, on the ocean, under the ocean. I mean, the uh, tectonical crack or tectonical plates are coming in, a uh, kind of fault yeah. and uh, you can you have to put some explosive into this uh, fault and uh, if you have, have a, a strong enough uh, explosion there then the, there's a, uh, enough uh, mm -hmm. uh, momentum that uh, um, tectonic plates can move yeah and now yeah. Are there any other scientists um, or um, or analysts that are looking at this data that you've seen and coming to the same conclusion? Um, not yet. 
<laughs> it's quite uh, so you know uh, the um, there are similarity some similarity to the Fukushima I mean this uh, 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 devastating earthquake on the uh, 2011 yeah. one is the uh, the type of the earthquake was very long wave you know this is a kind of a um, very uh, the uh, periodical movement is very slow and this this shakes the whole uh, ground like an, uh, slowly milling <laughs> plate or something and this is very devastating for buildings um so buildings can uh, resist some kind of uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, vertical waves movement, yeah. but not this uh, horizontal, long, uh, slow-moving uh, kind of uh, uh, movement. And um, many, um, so you can see at the, uh, at the um, uh, damages of the the houses and. Uh, uh, yeah, especially the walls, they are collapsing like this. Yeah, and obviously a lot of buildings, particularly um, the the high rise buildings in um, Japan, are actually built mm. so they can sway, aren't they? So that they're they're kind of a defense against um, earthquakes. Now, what's the situation for people where they do see damage to their property? Do you can you get insurance in Japan against earthquakes? Are there government schemes to help people there? Um, I hope that uh, many of the uh, houses they um, they have insurance for this kind of uh, natural disaster. Um, th yeah. There are some uh, insurances, but you never know <laughs> that the, uh, this kind of earthquake hits you. So um, it's a total surprise, you know, for these kind of people. Many of them are fishermen, fishermen family, and. Uh, yeah. Not that wealthy, and uh, uh, they didn't expect to have a, a big earthquake there. So I'm not sure how uh, they can cope with this kind of uh, uh, disaster. Yeah, so, and I'm government, I don't know. Yeah, government maybe they have they are not that good at <laughs> helping the uh, victims of the uh, natural disasters. Um, we can see that uh, Fukushima and this kind of big uh, disasters, they are not that good um, help by the government. Yeah. Okay, listen, um, Izumi, um, thank you for, for joining me today and giving us an update there. Um, I do, uh, you know, TNT um, would like to send our best wishes to all of the people of Japan. Um, you know, it was absolutely terrible what happened in 2011. And it's a, I should imagine it's a bit of a scare um, to see another earthquake um, happening at the moment and tsunamis along with it. So um, we're sending all of our best wishes to you and the Japanese people. Thank you very much, thank you. Um, Izumi. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Okay. Um, so we will follow up on that story because I am intrigued um, about this prospect that these earthquakes were man-made. So I will follow up on that with Azumi and maybe we'll get some other scientists on to talk about that as well next week. Right. Happy Friday, everybody. I hope you have a great weekend um, and don't go anywhere because we've got more great shows right here on today's News Talk TNT.